0: Hey guys, it's Mishi. We know that many of you will be traveling for the holiday this week, or if you're staying put this year, maybe cooking and getting ready to host. So as you're doing all that, we wanted to keep you company and make sure you had something to listen to. You know, we work on each one of our episodes for months, sometimes even years, and we interview many, many people, most of whom for all kinds of reasons. Don't end up making it into the final cut. And often we're sorry about that, since we'd like you to hear their voices, and their stories, too. So today, as a little Thanksgiving bonus, we're going to air an edited version of an interview we didn't end up using in our most recent episode, by the Rivers of Babylon. It's a conversation with the last rabbi of Baghdad.
2: I guess the first thing that I'll ask you is, can you introduce yourself? Okay, I'm uh, Imad Ezra Levi. I was the leader of the Jewish community in Baghdad, and uh, the slaughter and the rabbi (laughs) at the same time, and I have a lot of jobs there.
0: As often happens, the best one-liner was set off tape. When I asked Imad if he ever thought of changing his name, he immediately smiled. Are you crazy, he said. It's the best name in the world. Just think about it. I'm one of a kind. All the other Imads are Arabs, so none of them is a Levi. And all the other levies are Jews, so none of them is an Imad. All right, back to the conversation.
2: I was born in uh, Baghdad in uh, 1965. So your parents didn't leave with the majority of the Jews? Yeah, yeah. The family of my father, all of them, they left, except my father. He uh, refused to leave. Why? He said, my life is here. I know the people. I'm, I feel comfortable. It's good for me. When you were born, how many Jews were there in Baghdad? Maybe 5,000, something like
0: that. And uh, did you live like in, in a Jewish neighborhood or who were your
2: neighbors? No, most of the neighborhood uh, is a Muslim. I feel that's uh, regular. I study in in Baghdad, and I have a lot of friends of Muslim and Christian and Jewish, too. Everything is okay. Did you go to a Jewish school? Until uh, five class. And after that, they closed the school, and we go to the uh, public school. In Arabic? Everything is in Arabic. We have no Hebrew in the school, but we have uh, English and French. I can read Hebrew, but I can't talk in Hebrew. Uh-huh. Who taught you to read Hebrew? My father. He had a record, and we listen how you can pronounce the the word, and try to imitate. Uh, and after that, we try to to pray. But you always felt that you were—I mean—a Jew. Of course, we went to the synagogue. I know I'm Jewish, and I feel I'm Jewish, and I love Jewish. <laughs>
0: So my understanding is that after the six-day war in Israel, after 67, suddenly the the situation of the Jews became much more difficult in Iraq.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. After uh, 67, it's more difficult because uh, Israel won the war and they tried to revenge from the Jewish Iraqi in Iraq.
0: And a lot of people were
2: arrested. Some people were even executed. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then what happened to the community in the next uh, 30 years? During
2: the years of 70, the people, they tried to get out of Iraq. In 1980, maybe there were only 200 uh, Jewish people in Iraq.
0: As the Jewish community was getting smaller and smaller, did you still go to the synagogue? uh? Of course. Of course. And did synagogues close as a result? At that time, we have only
2: one synagogue. One. One. Wow. And what did you know about Israel growing up? At that time, I'm not uh, know anything about Israel.
0: The television and the radio in Baghdad would they give any information or
2: news about Israel? The news that they that they want. hmm But uh, my father was listened to the voice of Israel. Your father knew Hebrew; he could understand. What? No, it's in Arabic. The voice of Israel in Arabic. In Arabic, Arabic, yeah, but in uh, low volume. He he put ear on the radio because they have no no uh, earphones at that time and earphones. They listened to the all uh, what's happened in the war in sixty seven and seventy three. All the times they listened to the voice of Israel. And that's how they knew what was going on? Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, there
0: was no internet and no email. You know,
2: all the times I uh, listened to the radio. In 1992, the intelligence put me in the blacklist. Not because I'm, I'm bad. They want me to stay because I help the Jewish community in, in a lot of things. When someone died, they need one person to know how to prepare everything. And I was the one who did all this without uh, money. So how did you get involved in doing these kind of things for the Jewish community? Because uh, most of them, it's old they need some uh, young people to do these uh, jobs. And you said that you became the butcher, the slaughterer. I was the slaughterer. I I don't like this job. But I learned because uh, maybe the last slaughter, maybe they left Iraq in any time. I want to continue Jewish to have the kosher food, kosher meat. For that reason, I try to do it. I don't like it. <laughs> So the previous shochet taught you how to become a shochet? Yeah, he he learned me and I learned of, of, uh, like the halakha. What what what's the principle of the Jewish? And did the the, the last shochet leave and then you became the shokhet? Yeah, he left Iraq in uh, 2002. So you became the shochet? Yeah, the slaughterer. yeah. The slaughterer and the rabbi? I was the owner rabbi. I do the services. Uh, when uh, someone died, we must uh, read on in the cemetery, and I try to to do the services in uh, in the synagogue.
0: So, would you read from the Torah?
2: Yeah, I
0: learned. So basically, you every time somebody left who had some sort of job within the community, you just took over we, that job. We,
2: we must we must uh, serve.
0: So, it was a good thing that the community had you; otherwise, they'd be completely <laughs> yeah, lost. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I feel have a lot of responsibility but I'm I'm glad to help. I'm glad. I'm so glad. So how did you become the leader of the community?
0: We have election. How many Jews were there at this point in Baghdad? In 2003,
2: 34. 34 Jews? Yeah. Not all the 34 they came to vote, uh-huh. but most of them they want me because they know I can help the Jewish community. So you were elected to be the the actual yeah, leader. Yeah, yeah. I fixed the cemetery, I fixed after that the synagogue, the shelter of the old uh, men and women. Mm -hmm. In 2003, Uh, I closed the synagogue. You closed it? I closed it because I'm afraid they put some bombs and they destroyed all the synagogue and the people. You were afraid that who was gonna bomb the synagogue? Maybe the al-Qaeda, maybe the people, they work with Iran. Did you get married? In Iraq, no. We have no woman. The last uh, marriage in Iraq in 1978, and that's all. When you say there was no woman, you mean there were no Jewish women? No Jewish women. Uh-huh. And did you have have, uh, Muslim girlfriends? It's not like here, the girlfriend... Maybe you talk with her in phone, maybe once you, you go outside. <laughs> it's it's so terrible. It's not like here. In two thousand three my father changed her mind. He wanted to go to Israel. How yeah. old was he then? Eighty-three.
0: So what was it like for your father to, to make it to Israel? What did he say?
2: Uh, he said, uh, I'm happy I live in uh, Gan Eden. <laughs> yeah.
0: Paradise.
2: Yeah, paradise, yeah.
0: Even though your father was now coming to Israel, you still decided to stay in Baghdad? No, I'm
2: not decided to stay. I, I was the leader of the Jewish community. I have a lot of responsibility on the Jewish community. I can't leave. I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Don't believe I'd like to stay in Iraq. I have nothing in Iraq, what I have? I have no future. What the future? I can't marry. I can't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: in two thousand and three they I received a uh, envelope. It was a straight. You are a Jewish. We slaughter you. My dear friends, Muslims, they gave me uh, guards and uh, police. but now the situation is so dangerous. We are afraid and you are alone. I told them, okay, help me to get a passport and I uh, leave Iraq without anything. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. So when did you leave Iraq? What year? Uh, 2010. 2010? Yeah. And
0: was that the first time that you ever left Iraq?
2: Yeah, because I have uh, no passport at that time. The intelligence did not accept to get me a passport.
0: Since you were basically the, the community, I mean, you, you were everything for the community. Did we, you feel we, we
2: were, I, think, I think we were uh, eight, only eight uh, people in the community.
0: Did you feel bad about
2: leaving them there and going? Uh, uh, no. It's my dreams to go to Israel, to the Holy Land. How did you come to Israel? I fly to Jordan, from Jordan, uh, the embassy of Israel, they helped me. What was it like for you the first time that you uh, that you saw Israel? I can't tell you what I feel. It's to feel you are safe in your country. And have you been back to Iraq since then? No, of course not. Would you like to go back? No, they slowed me. Most of the people they know, I'm a VIP. I'm not uh, a regular person. They can search on Google. They read about me. They saw all my pictures in Iraq. They slaughtered me.
0: And now do you think of yourself as an Israeli or as an Iraqi or both? I'm Israeli. I'm Jewish. But my roots from Iraq. And you met an Iraqi woman here in Israel? Was now your wife
2: my wife uh, she was born here in Israel but uh, her father and mother were from Iraq yeah how How old were you when you got married 47 not young I spent all the times in Iraq do yeah. you still have friends in Iraq uh, yeah I'm uh,
0: in, uh, in contact with my friends of course what do you? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you miss about Iraq—certain foods or certain restaurants that you like, or uh, sports teams or friends. Or... Every,
2: we have, everything here, and the, the most important, we have uh, the kosher food here in Israel. <laughs> do you miss Iraqi uh, hummus? I'm not eat uh, hummus. I don't like it. <laughs>
0: And how many Jews are left today in Baghdad? Uh, five, only
2: five. Five. That's all. Five Jews left. Wow. Yeah. Who are they? Old people. Um, fifty-seven until ninety.
0: Yeah. So when those five people die, um, that's it. There will be no more Jews in Baghdad. We can't expect anything. We don't know. And now you feel that your job there is done. Now
2: I'm out of Iraq, And you feel good? Oh Hashem.
0: Imad, I have one last question. So, you know, we're going to air this on the radio right before the American uh, holiday of Thanksgiving. Do you know that? Yeah, you know Thanksgiving, that yeah. And, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people, when they have their Thanksgiving meals, they go around the table and each one says what they're thankful for. So if I asked you, what are you thankful for? What would you
2: say? What are you thankful for? I'm thankful I, I'm in Israel. It's a big uh, miracle. I have a wife and I have a child. I'm working here. I'm with the, all the Jewish, like a big family here in Israel. Thanks, God. To help me to be in Israel.
0: Yofi, da Imad. Alma. We hope you enjoyed this little behind-the-scenes peek into the many interviews that don't end up on the show. Zev Levi edited this bonus special. It was an experiment for us, so let us know if you'd like to hear more of these or less, or none at all. Either way, we'll be back very soon with a brand-new Israel Story episode. Till then, as always, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under Israel Story. I'm Ishi Harman, and from all of us here at Israel Story, have a very happy Turkey Day. Shalom, shalom, and yalla <laughs>
3: bye. i I'm with the injan hubi